You may have heard that most people who are black have O blood type. O is commonly needed for emergencies. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help us save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Let's say I'm trying to lurk on you. You know, see what you're doing and who you're doing it with. I can stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's, that's kind of weird. You do that? Not anymore. <laughs> I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages. So no public feeds. And the money is immediately available to use with Apple Pay. Babe, did you just send me a dollar on Apple Cash? I just said our cash isn't content. Shh. <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Hey, y'all, it's Kadeen. And DeVal. And guess what? We wrote a whole ass book. That's right, y'all. Our book, We Over Me, the counterintuitive approach to getting everything you want from your relationship, discusses family, parenting, DeVal's favorite topic, sex and intimacy, finances, and commitment with the honesty and raw truth y'all have always gotten from us. We Over Me, the counterintuitive approach to getting everything you want from your relationship is available for pre-order today. That's right. Run. Don't walk to www.prh.com slash weovermeme to pre-order your book today. I honestly think women have changed since the 50s. But more importantly, men have changed as well. Mm. And for me, I think it's giving the level of respect that a woman has for a man when it comes to earning is really just dependent on the respect she has for him in general. Mm. Deadass? Deadass, baby. Hey, I'm Kadeen. And I'm DeVal. And we're the Ellises. You may know us from posting funny videos with our boys. And reading each other publicly as a form of therapy. Wait, I make you need therapy? Most days. Wow. <laughs> oh, and one more important thing to mention. We're married. Yes, sir, we mm -hmm. are. We created this podcast to open dialogue about some of life's most taboo topics. Things most folks don't want to talk about. Through the lens of a millennial married couple. Deadass is a term that we say every day. So when we say deadass, we're actually saying facts. 100. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. <laughs> we about to take Pillow Talk to a whole new level. Deadass starts right now. I'm going to take you guys back to 2009, I believe. You're really good with years because I don't be remembering years. Yes, I remember the years. I, I remember everything. I know. I remember everything. Um, 2009, we just decided that we were going to move forward with getting married. Mm -hmm. And I had officially retired from the NFL. Mm -hmm. Like I, I was done. So this was the end of 2009. This was at the end of the season when, um, oh, as a matter of fact, it wasn't 2009. It was 2010. Okay. 
Because 2009, I spent the offseason with the Cleveland Browns. Mm -hmm. 2010 is when I put in my paperwork to officially retire. You're right. And that's when I got my severance pay. That's how I remember the years. And we moved back. We moved back in 2009, but 2010 was the first year. And that Mm -hmm. was the year going into our wedding. Mm -hmm. So this is 2010. This is around February 2010. Um, I had officially retired from the NFL. And Kadeen, I believe I told parts of this story before. Mm -hmm. Kadeen was back home. And she had woke up one morning and she was crying. And I was like, yo, like, what's, what's the matter? And she was like, I don't know what's going on with my life. Like, I'm just here. I'm just existing. Like, I'm just in the bed. I have my master's degree. I don't know what's happening next. And I was like, well, we're getting married. And, and she was like, well, I know that, but I just don't know what's happening with me next. And I literally said to her, how about you get up off your ass and do something about it? Tough she, love, baby. <laughs> and, and we're going to do a whole nother podcast about that. About, I can count on you for that. Yes, the tough love, but also how, well, we're going to do a whole nother podcast on that communication stuff. Mm-hmm. But I said, why don't you get up off your ass and do something about it? And she said, what you mean? I said, you're sitting here crying in the bed when you have 24 hours today to find a way to get going towards your dream. Mm-hmm. I said, what do you want to do? And you said to me, you said, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to get into TV. I know I can do makeup because I was doing makeup at Mac when we were in Michigan. Mm-hmm. So I said, why don't you go to a Mac store yep. in Brooklyn and just tell them you want to be an artist? Mm-hmm. And she said, okay. Okay. <laughs> so we got up that day. The both of us got up that day. This was yep. before any kids. Mm-hmm. This was before our wedding. Mm-hmm. And we drove to King's Plaza. No, nope, we didn't drive to King's Plaza. We didn't? Nope. Remember, I took my engagement ring off, put it in the jewelry box, and I got on the B44. I walked up to No Strand. You drove me to my interview at Montague. Yes, I did. Drive you to the interview yes. at Montague. Yes, yes, yes. I drove you to the interview at Montague. Yes. Yeah. She took off her engagement ring. She went and got on the B44 bus and went to King's Plaza. Mm-hmm. Went to King's Plaza, walked in there, tell them she wanted to be an artist, mm-hmm. and that she applied to be a, a part-time makeup artist. Mm-hmm. At the time, I was starting Elite Prototype Athletics. And I didn't have any income coming in other than working at Poly Prep as an assistant football coach. Mm-hmm. And I was making, don't laugh, $2,000 for the season. Living in New York <laughs> with two investment properties, three car notes, mm-hmm. paying for a wedding, our rent for the apartment. And all I had made was $2,000 for the entire football season. And I was trying to figure out how I was going to get through the next couple years of my life. And I knew that Elite Prototype Athletics was the beginning. I-N-D-E-P-E-N-D-E-N-T. Do you know what that means? Write it down. That's the wrong song. It is, but every time that song comes on, I always go, wipe me down at that part. It works, though. <laughs> it totally works. If no DJ out there has mixed the two songs, yeah. credit us with that. because Or yes. credit DeVal with that, really, yes. because that was a good one. Give me my credit. That was a good one. But we're talking about independence. Yes. What does that mean? What does masculinity look like in a woman, per se, in a man? Is she masculine or is he insecure? That's what we're kind of unraveling today yes. in this episode. So when I'm, when men tell a woman that she's too masculine, what exactly does he really mean? And it'll be interesting to hear your perspective on that. And I'll tell you what that means for me, too. 
Well, of course, we're going to have to pay some bills first because neither one of us are independent right now unless that's we make a, some money. That's so a whole fact. We're going to pay some bills Absolutely. and we'll get right back to y'all with why I told that story. Listen, y'all. And why that song was sung Come on. in 2023. We'll Come be right on back now. after these. New year, new topics. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen, y'all, losing two loved ones in a matter of six months, it can be a lot. And a lot of times when you're dealing with grief, you have a lot to get off your chest with your family. That's absolutely right. You know, people carry around all different types of stresses, big and small. When you keep them bottled up, it can start to affect you negatively. And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to kind of figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com deadass today to get 10% off your first visit. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash deadass. Hey, what's good, y'all? I think it's important for you to understand why black representation in media is important. It's important because the media represents how people view us. And it's important that they understand that black people are not a monolithic people. That is a fact. And the next generation of influential black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truth. Black Stories, Black Truth is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Let's say I'm trying to lurk on you. You know, see what you're doing and who you're doing it with. I can stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's, that's kind of weird. You do that? Not anymore. <laughs> I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages. So no public feeds. And the money is immediately available to use with Apple Pay. Babe, did you just send me a dollar on Apple Cash? I just said our cash isn't content. Shh. <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. All right, ladies, let's be real. Who here actually enjoys shaving their legs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought so. And get this. Near, yes, Near, the OG that I used for years, has now leveled up. And they have these new sensational shower creams and body creams that smell amazing. My personal favorite, coconut oil and vitamin E because it's gentle on my skin. And down to the body cream, rich cocoa butter and vitamin E body cream, which is a modern take on indulgent and classic femininity. Okay? It works in as little as three minutes, no nicks, no cuts, and the smooth skin lasts days longer than shaving. 
Nair's new Sensational Shower and Body Creams are free of all those nasty chemicals so you can feel good about what you're putting on your skin. Have a me-time moment with Nair, the number one hair removal brand. Smell for yourself. Try the reformulated Nair Body and Shower Creams available at retailers nationwide and online. All right, baby. So taking us back to story time, um, you can unpack for us a little bit why you shared that story and what it has to do with today's topic. So the reason why I shared, the reason why I shared that topic was because there was a moment in my life where I technically was not the breadwinner. Mm -hmm. Now, the reason why I say technically, because I still paid all of the bills. I had a reserve. Um, I was still paying for our wedding. Mm -hmm. Um, I was still making sure that everything was covered for our investment properties. I had bought one of my aunts a car. I was paying that car note. Mm -hmm. I was paying Kadeen's car note. I was paying my car note. And I was helping a lot of people. And I had money in reserve from playing ball, but I was broke. I wasn't poor. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I say I was broke is because we were living, quote unquote, paycheck to paycheck. Mm -hmm. And I picked up some odd jobs here working as a substitute teacher doing certain things, but I wasn't bringing in a consistent amount of money. Kadeem went back to work and she started as a part-time makeup artist and she was making consistent amount of money. But the most important thing was she ended up getting uh, health insurance. Right. When I became Mac. full-time. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have health insurance. So what they don't tell you about the NFL is once you uh, don't make the mandatory minimum games mm-hmm. of three years and three games, you do not get health insurance when you are cut from a team, and I got cut from a team, so I didn't have health insurance, which means Kadeen didn't have health insurance. Weren't you shy like one game or something like crazy like that? No, I was shy three games. Three I games. played three okay. years, and I didn't play the remaining three games to get my fourth year mm-hmm. so I could be a vested veteran. When you're a vested veteran, you get the health insurance, and I didn't get the vested Listen. veteran, so I don't get the health insurance or the pension. Technicalities, child. Yes, and it's part of the business. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. It's fucked up, but that's the way the business works. Yeah. But um, the reason why I told the story was because technically I wasn't the breadwinner. Kadeem mm-hmm. was making money every two weeks, mm-hmm. and our health insurance was in her name. Mm-hmm. We were getting married that June, well, that July, so we figured, shoot, the minute she gets married and I'm her husband and she has health insurance, we both have health insurance. Mm-hmm. So at that moment, Kadeem's working was the most important part of our resources coming in. Mm-hmm. Even though I was paying all the bills, she was technically the breadwinner. She was making most of the revenue coming in. And for me as a man, it was like, all right, I'm not going to ask her to pay rent or mm-hmm. split it half. Mm-hmm. I want her to keep that in her reserve so that if I need it, I can say, hey, babe. And there were times where I was just like, babe, how much money do you have in your account? Because I would be doing, you know, doing my math. This is why Kadeen says, you always remember the, the <laughs> dates. I'm good with numbers. I remember the math. And I was just like, all right, as long as I continue to make these many days with substitute te- teaching. Shout out to my aunt Monique. My mm-hmm. aunt Monique got me a substitute teacher job at Nazareth Regional High School. I remember. Oh, uh, yeah. For I the summer you school program. Yeah. You were getting up my, early. It was like five, six in the morning or something. Five in the morning to go for, yeah. to teach gym for summer school. Yeah. My brother Brian got me a job at Eagle Academy uh-huh. where I was also a substitute teacher there as well and a yeah. part-time dean. So I had I was keeping a bunch of different jobs, but... Mm-hmm. It wasn't what a man would consider to be making money, mm-hmm. even though I was able to pay all the bills and we were living paycheck to paycheck. Um, for all the new listeners, the reason why was because the economic crash happened in 2008. Mm-hmm. And I got cut initially from the, the Lions in 2008 and then spent the entire season not playing. Right. Then we moved back to Brooklyn. I got signed by the Cleveland Browns, but you don't make any money during the off season. Yeah. And I ended up getting cut before the season started. Right. So the the majority of our money had gone into investments, which were the two properties we bought mm-hmm. and the stock market. The stock yeah. market had crashed in 2008 and we had lost 
roughly 35% of everything yeah. that we had saved. That was a hot mess. And I think it's yes. important that you say that and you explain that because I think when people, for example, new listeners, people who know our story kind mm -hmm. of have an idea, but for newer listeners or people who are just joining us, they don't understand like, oh shoot, he played in the NFL. He should have had money. Because right. the expectation is right. that regardless of how long you've played or where you've played, what right. position you've played, what team you've played for, whether you were undrafted or a free agent or drafted mm -hmm. that NFL players have made a substantial amount of money where they should millions. be okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that's not the case. It's not the and case. And Uncle Sam, he gone Uncle Sam too. So, so. And, and this is important for people to know about Uncle Sam. As mm -hmm. a rookie in 2006, mm -hmm. the, the base was 275K. Mm -hmm. People think you go in the NFL and you automatically make $10 million. Right. So I make 275,000. You make that 275,000 in four months. Mm hmm which is a large amount of money. It's a large amount of checks, but mm -hmm. you also get taxed at 50%. Yeah. So that 275 immediately goes down to about $137,000. Mm -hmm. $137, right. And of that money, I got to pay my agent mm -hmm. 3%. Mm -hmm. Plus I got to live. Yep. So I have $137,000. I got to pay my agent. I have to pay, you know, I've already paid taxes. I bought property. So you don't walk away with millions mm -hmm. the minute you play in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. So... The reason why I wanted to tell that story was because there were moments during that time where I felt like I wasn't the man. You know, I felt like I wasn't holding up my end of the bargain mm -hmm. because my wife had to go to work. Right. You know, um, one thing I always wanted to pride myself on, even as a young man growing up, because I grew up with both my parents and both my parents having to work and me having to take on a lot of the parental role with my brother and sister because mm -hmm. my parents were at work, I always said to myself, I don't want my wife to have to work. Mm -hmm. I don't want to have my children picking up my other children from work. I mean, from school right, and then walking home because I'm at work and my yeah. wife's at work. Yeah. So when I made it to the NFL, it was like, wow, I have an opportunity to keep my, keep my wife kept, mm -hmm. although she wants to keep making money. And mm -hmm. I wrote a post that said the greatest thing about having a, a wife um, that works hard is is when she's kept, but she keeps making money. Mm -hmm. I wanted it to be a choice. Right. And I felt like in that moment, I took your choice away and you had to go work. Mm -hmm. So I felt like less of a man. But the reason why I wanted to tell the story was not only that part, it was because even though you went to work, mm -hmm. you never made me feel like I was less of a man. So what it did was it helped me through that process. You understand what I'm saying? There's Absolutely. so many times we hear... Of, of women beating down men with their words. For example, I play Zach, mm -hmm. a character on the show Sisters, and my first girlfriend was, was named Karen. Mm -hmm. Zach dealt with recidivism. He was in and out of prison, and he couldn't keep a job. And every time he tried to give Karen whatever little men of money he had, she always made it sure to let him know that this is not enough. Mm -hmm. And she made him feel like less of a man. I can say right now that I married a black woman who never made me feel like less of a man. And I feel like that part of that was what made me get through that, what helped me get through that point in my mm -hmm. life. But it also makes me want to ask you, why, why were you so confident in mm -hmm. me during those times? Mm -hmm. I mean, I had made it to the NFL. I had lost money in the stock market. We right. had to move from our, our dream, you know, 20s home mm -hmm. when we were in our 20s. It was four bedrooms, five mm -hmm. bathrooms, living room, dining room, back to my grandmother's apartment in Crown Heights. Mm-hmm. 
Your car got broken into <laughs> the first night that we stayed there. That was just me not having no kind of awareness. Like I just wasn't reading. <laughs> I wasn't reading the room in that moment. I was reading the streets in that moment because it's like, girl, like I grew up in what the private houses yeah. where we'd pull into our see. driveway and it's just mm-hmm. like, well, shoot, you know, I'm used to leaving stuff in my car in my driveway. However, right. baby, it was right. not the case over in Crown Heights back in uh, 2000s. Um, but so to answer your question or to even just to chime in on something that you said that you felt like in that moment, you felt so almost emasculated because you felt like, man, I have to, like my wife has to go to work. Mm. I think the overarching topic for me here is the fact that I felt like I always had the choice or the option to Mm. be a provider in this relationship. Right. Mm. You've Mm. always said to me, Kadena, I want to make sure that you say, for example, when we have our children, you may or may not be able to go back to work for health right. reasons, right? Or right. you may not want to go back to work because together we've decided that we wanted to make sure that there was a parent yes. present with our children for the most part of their mm-hmm. lives, right? That someone was doing the pickups and the drop-offs from school mm-hmm. and, you know, just being there and being present. So I never at any point felt like, man, I'm doing this because DeVal is just forcing me to do this per se. I felt like we have a partnership. I've always respected you as a partner and you've never, you've never gone back on your word. When I look at everything that you've done over the course of your life, from when I came in and was introduced to you, like at 18 years old, Mm -hmm. seeing you pretty much walk onto Hofstra, earn your scholarship. Mm -hmm. Then it's like, shoot, you weren't drafted into the NFL, but then you were a free agent who made your way onto a team. Anything that was thrown your way that may have caused some sort of setback in our life was never anything under your control. It was usually something out of your control. Mm -hmm. So for the NFL, for example, the reason why you ended up retiring was because you felt like these people around me, these higher ups, you Mm -hmm. know, in the office, look at me as a a piece to their chess game. And yes. if I don't fit within their their play at that time, then I'm disposable. I'm done. Yeah. So anything that ever happened that was a setback for us was never because of a lack of effort from you, mm. lack of ability, lack of potential. It was just the circumstance that you might have been dealt with and you were dealing with in that moment. Right. So I felt comfortable enough to pick up and say, you know what? I know DeVal's got my back either way. This is a partnership. We're doing this together. I've never been dependent solely on you to be the breadwinner or to take mm-hmm. care of me. It was always, if you were to, if I take care of you, you can take care of us. So I have a serious question. Were there any, was there any moment where you felt like, because remember, we spent three years in the NFL where mm-hmm. you didn't, you, you could have slept all day and you'd have been fine. Yeah, yeah. I spoiled you with gifts and you a did. whole bunch of things. When that had ended abruptly, was mm-hmm. there any, any doubt in your mind like, okay, the ride is over? Mm-hmm. You know, like now it's time to for reality. Yeah. And we're never going to get back. Did you oh, that get shit back? hit me like a ton of bricks. I'll be completely <laughs> honest. I was just like, wait a second. Wait a second. So this this is what we got to do, do now. Right. Um, and when I look back on it now, I really think about in that moment when you decided to retire, mm. it was twofold for me. One part was like, oh, shit, this is over. And it was difficult, particularly because now we were existing in these spaces of friends, for example, who were still in the league. Yes. And, you know, it was sometimes hard to watch. Like, damn, like they're able to do this easily, that easily. And here we are, like really just living paycheck to paycheck, struggling to make ends yeah. meet, still trying to help people in our family. Because yeah. while you were in the NFL, it was easy to help. 
help. Right. But then once that disappeared, the people disappeared. Yeah. The support disappeared. Yeah, absolutely. And then it was you and I in that apartment, you know, at that point planning Those a wedding, then times. pregnant. Those are the tough times when you have that loneliness where nobody else is around to celebrate you and support, but we have each other. So in those moments, I was like, damn, you know, not only was it an awakening that now we're going to have to really like start to rebuild, especially after losing all that money in the stock market and stuff. But I also feel like you never had a chance to really play your full potential. Mm -hmm. So that was another reason why I was like, damn, you're really going to retire and just quit. So a part of me felt like, damn, are you just really quitting at this point? Because right. that didn't seem like you. You were well, always someone who had a point to prove. So I felt like once yes, the things you, didn't yes. work out in the NFL and, and Canada was on the table and you could have potentially played ball in Canada, I was prepared to be a whole Canadian baby. I was about to say one <laughs> so, year maternity leave uh how do you say um uh are you gonna go to work a eh? a eh? is, is canada, canada <laughs> they do say a, a right a, a. A. you go to work a, a. <laughs> you play football eh? a they yeah. do uh-huh i do remember a moment when i told you i was retiring from football and you was like what right it just was ridiculous to me you, you were like what like like why really yeah and i remember the look on your face was just like like you said you thought i was quitting yeah and those moments I did, I didn't feel emasculated. I felt disappointed in you, but mm -hmm. also disappointed in myself. Mm. I felt disappointed in myself because I also had to ask myself, am I quitting because they won't let me play when I want to play? Mm. Or do I really want to do something else? And that's that's the confusion, you know. Right. When when a lot of people don't realize when you when you decide to go into entrepreneurship, mm -hmm. a lot of times it's Am I quitting this job because the job won't let me do what I want to do? Mm. Or do I really want to be my own boss? Mm -hmm. And you go through that mindset and it's like, am I a quitter if I quit my job and try to do entrepreneurship? Or am I brave for taking the leap of faith and banking on myself? That's what I felt in the moment. Mm -hmm. And I was disappointed in you because up until that point, we had always been super supportive of each other. Right. And then when you questioned me, mm -hmm. I was like, does she not believe in me. Oh, I can see like, why you took you know it that saying? way. Yeah, but for sure. you never emasculated me. No. Nope. You know, like, you never made me nope. feel like, well, now that I got to go to work, right? I'm going to be the man. I'm going to take the reins. Because, remember, yep. when you were going to work, I was, we had gotten married, mm -hmm. and Kadeen had worked for Mac for, I think, two and a half years. Mm -hmm. And I was building the business for about two and a half years. But you know what you did that was also very integral in that time, which made me feel like I could never emasculate this man? When I came home from work, if I needed a foot rub, if I needed a back rub, if mm -hmm. I needed a bath ran, like you made it a point to make sure that when I came home, that I was in a space of comfort. And I think any person, man or woman, should feel that. You know, if I one person's at home, you like, you know, one person's at home and the other's not, it made me just feel like, wow, like my man may not be out there in the workforce mm -hmm. in this moment, but he's building something, he's taking care of our son. Yeah. And when I come home, I feel like, I'm in my space of peace where he's taking care of me. And that in itself as a woman is enough to make me feel like, wow, you know, he really, really cares. Even though in this moment, the odds may be stacked against him because he's approaching something new. But I could see that there was a passion in your eye for Elite Prototype do and you, you were going to build that. Do you know how hard that is for women to have a man say, listen, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm leaving this job. I want to build something else. Mm -hmm. You go out and work and I got you. Mm-hmm. I hear horror stories. Absolutely. And we know people personally whose husbands have been building careers for Forever. a long time. And it never got nowhere. You know? Right. You're a unicorn though, babe. <laughs> I'm, uh, to be honest, I am, I <laughs> am my grandfather and my father. Mm. I am the third iteration of yeah. them. 
Charles and Troy. Yes, Charles, <laughs> Charles and Troy. And my, my brother is yeah. the fourth it's iteration true. of them. Very true. Hardworking men. That's, I'll we, never take that away from you All we know how to do y'all. is work hard. Yes. And I remember being a stay-at-home dad and watching Stephen A. Smith at times and me and Jackson sitting there and I would put Jackson in his car seat because mm-hmm. that's what he liked to do and I'd rock him. But I'd, I'd seriously be at home not just watching TV. I'd be thinking and designing ways for us to not be in that situation. Yeah. And to be honest, that's what kept me from feeling uh, depressed mm-hmm. was having a vision and a purpose, mm-hmm. you know, because sometimes you, you get depressed uh, because I, I have also gone through depression and, and I wouldn't say a clinically depressed person, but I've gone through those moments of depression. Where I just don't know what's next. I think that's life. You know, yeah, yeah that's, life. That's, like, that's, I just, a, that's a human thing. I don't know how to get there, uh, get through next, but get to what the next chapter is. But I never felt like I was less of a man and I mm-hmm. never felt like I was with a woman who was more masculine because at the time she was working and she was, and I wasn't. So So did you not feel less of a man because I didn't make you feel that way? Or is it because you just always knew like, I have a plan. It's going to work because I'm going to work for it. So there's no reason for me to feel like that. All honesty. I felt like less of a man at times when I was at home and I knew you were at work Mm -hmm. and I was watching the the baby and you know, the fact that you had to get up and go to like go out to work Mm -hmm. and I was watching Jackson, I felt like less of a man. Mm -hmm. What helped me get through that was you not making me feel like less of a man. Even though I came home and rubbed your feet and did all those things, you still came home and mm-hmm. when dinner needed to be made, you made dinner. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? True. When I, I asked, you know, did. can I get a sandwich? You still, you know what I'm saying? You still Absolutely. made me. Like you you never said When well, you need home all day, so you make your sandwich. Right. <laughs> I've been out there working. Yeah. That's it was true. never thrown was never in my thing. face. Mm-mm. Like it was it was never thrown in my face. Mm-mm. And you and I have never I can't say never, because there was a point when we did both subscribe to uh gender roles, mm-hmm. like traditional yeah, gender roles. Yeah, for sure. But in those moments where we needed each other, we always knew what the other one needed. Right. So we didn't subscribe to those gender roles to a point where it was so toxic. Yeah. You know, we we were of service to each other. We weren't of service to our genders. Right. And that's true. That's a good one. That's a good one right there. That's a good one. Um, I think in those moments, being of service to you Mm -hmm. and not being of service to my gender Mm -hmm. is what made me not feel emasculated because I wasn't concerned about my manhood. I was concerned about my wife. But think about how much you and I are examples or products rather of the examples that we've seen. For example, with me, right? I remember spending a lot of time with my grandmother, my mom's mom, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Coming home from school, taking the B6. She lived right off of Conklin at the time. So Mm -hmm. I would get off, Mm -hmm. make stops there. And she used to work nights at Mm -hmm. a hospital. And even though she would work nights, sometimes when I would pop in midday and she's taking her nap, there's food on the stove. My grandfather would be at work yeah, during the day. Yeah. She would make sure that dinner was made for him. She would set aside his Pyrex dish to make sure he had his food. Yeah. And everybody else can eat after that. But she just made sure regardless of what it was, she was out there working. He was out there working. Anyone who works the night shift knows that that is mm-hmm. a treacherous shift to work. Yeah. But she made sure that he was taken care of, yes. right? And it's, it wasn't a, a circumstance where he didn't have a job mm-hmm. in the moment or she didn't. But I'm just saying that to say the example that I had seen was always that regardless if you're working or not as a woman, mm-hmm. you still want to make sure that your man is taken care of. I'm glad you said that because there's historical context that people don't talk about within mm-hmm. the black community mm-hmm. that I think needs to be addressed. What's that? Right? You know how we talk about how the workforce has changed? And mm-hmm. we're going to get to some stats in a minute. Yeah. How the workforce has changed. And the more women work, the more the dynamic and the power dynamic between men and women have changed mm-hmm. in this country. Mm-hmm. Here's the truth. There has never been a point in American history 
where the majority of black men were working and black women were stay-at-home moms. Mm -hmm. Black women always, always had to work. That's a fact. And this went back to right after Reconstruction mm -hmm. when uh, black codes happened, when the Vagrancy Act happened, and black communities were starting to thrive. Right. Black women were always thrown into the workforce because that's how we built our communities. Yes. Right? They were always yes. socioeconomically two uh, incomes and the black community were needed mm -hmm. in order to make the black household run. Yeah. But that never changed. And this is what my grandfather told me. That never changed the, the power dynamic or chivalry. Mm -hmm. my, my grandfather said, I worked and your grandmother worked. Mm -hmm. I never asked your grandmother about her money. Mm -hmm. I got my check. My, I gave my check to your grandmother. Mm -hmm. She gave me what I could use for myself. Mm -hmm. And she used the rest for the house. Mm -hmm. So even though my grandfather was the breadwinner, he never said, I make the money, I do what I want, and I give you the rest. He gave it to my grandmother, and my grandmother allocated all the funds and then gave my grandfather, this is what's left over, you can do what you want to do with it. And my grandmother always cooked for my grandfather, even though she worked. Mm -hmm. So it was never a thing where it was like, oh, the woman cooks and clean because she doesn't work. And the man is chivalrous and he's in charge because he makes all the money. Mm -hmm. In the black household, both people always worked and both people were always of service to each other. Right. So this idea that the power dynamic in the black community has changed because women started working is false. That was never the case. That's it might true. be the case for prominent white communities or, right. or white people who've come through generational wealth. Mm -hmm. But in the like, if you look at the show The Help... Yeah, Those oh, that, women that movie was always great. That's worked, one of my favorites, yeah. But they were married, yeah, and their husbands worked, yep. And I feel like that historical context has been uh, dismissed and also missed in this conversation we're having because we're often talking about are black women becoming more masculine because they're making more money, right? As if black women didn't always have to make money to make the household. Work. And you know what it is for me? It becomes an elimination of team, right? Because that's ultimately what, for example, your grandparents were, my grandparents were. Yes. There was a team yes. effort, a team spirit. And even though things are not the same as they were when our grandparents were growing up and raising mm -hmm. children, that team element, if it's missing, if it's not like a, you know, yeah. you have it now. I never had to worry about finances because it was a thing where if you didn't have it at that moment, I did yeah. and vice versa. Yeah. So when you eliminate that dynamic and then you start to pit each other against each other and it's just like, yeah. man, like you ain't doing this, you ain't doing that. Or there's the independent yeah. woman movement where it's just like, I don't need no man for nothing. Then you have the other women that are just like, man, I'm about to have three, four, five kids um, and, and, and take homeboy for child, child support. support or like, yeah. you know, there's so many different narratives now that there's are being extremely, spewed. Extremely. And I'm just like, first of all, who the hell raised y'all? <laughs> Second of all, we're wondering why there's so much so much strife within the black families yeah. and the black communities now. And it's because I think the team element and that mutual respect for each other and what they bring to the table is a lot of harping on weaknesses Absolutely. and not strengths. Absolutely. In this moment, it becomes, a, a for me at least, now it's a who's better equipped in this moment to deal with something. So it may require that, hey, K can't make dinner tonight, but you know what, DeVal, he going to get on the grill and he going to make sure everybody right, I'm eats. I'm going to do that. You know, or shoot, you know, we down to the last pair of drawers around the household here. Deval might have to throw a load in with Jackson. Just, that's what you I know, do. because that has to be done. Shit, the car is about to be on E. Kadeen, go get some gas in the <laughs> right. car. You know, it, right. it, it becomes, and that's when it goes back to team. Yes. It goes back to team and how are we better going to thrive and reach these goals together. All right, let's jump into some facts and stats that Trivial has compiled for us, which are kind of 
really interesting when we looked at that. We were like, yeah, absolutely. okay. I, I didn't know me, some of the stuff I didn't know. Let's unpack some of this now. Masculinity is seen to be the trait that emphasize, which emphasizes ambition, acquisition of wealth, and differentiation of gender roles. Femininity is considered to be caring and nurturing behaviors, creativity, sexuality, and more fluid gender roles. Mm-hmm. In short, masculinity is more of a fixed, rigid perspective, while femininity is more flexible. I, I would have to say that that's still the same. And this is what yeah. trips me out mm-hmm. about today's kids, mm-hmm. right? Women will say that they want men to be men, mm-hmm. rigid, when it's convenient for them. Mm-hmm. If we're going out on a date, pay for my dinner. Pull mm-hmm. out my chair. Mm-hmm. Be a gentleman. If someone comes in here to fight me, you got to fight that motherfucker, <laughs> right? But then at the same time, it's just like... They want to be able to be fluid, mm-hmm. right? As far as a woman sh- should be able to earn when they want to earn, take care of themselves when they want to, refuse to refuse chivalry if they don't want chivalry. Mm-hmm. But it's always on a man to be rigid because men have to be men. Mm-hmm. And and to me, I think that's where the problem starts, right? If fluidity is going to happen, it should be fluidity through both genders, right? Mm-hmm. You have to allow a man to be able to show his feminine side, be more vulnerable. Oh, for sure. You know, be able to speak his feelings and say what he wants. But that's not accepted. For men, and I think that we don't discuss that enough. Mm-hmm. We're always getting on men about being toxic, but don't realize mm-hmm. that we still have a rigid idea of what masculinity looks like. Right. So I think that we need to address that first before we move on and say, how are we going to address each other? You know, why mm-hmm. is it so rigid? Why does masculinity have to be so rigid while femininity gets to bounce from right And I to mean, left. it's a difficult space to be in too, particularly thinking if you're dating, right? You're meeting someone for the first time. You don't necessarily come to the table knowing what people's perspective is on mm-hmm. what these roles look like, right? Quote unquote right. roles. For example, this wasn't even somebody that you were dating, but you were out. Remember you told a story one time yes. about this opening the door for someone? And she door. was so offended by the fact that you opened the door for her. She literally <laughs> said to me, I don't have time for your microaggressions right now. Now, the funny thing is I was opening the door for everyone because I was the first to the to the door. Right. So I was going to open the door and hold it for everyone to go. Mm-hmm. She was right behind me. So when I opened the door, I guess she got offended because she felt like I was saying that I'm opening the door because I'm a man and you need the door held open for you. This mm-hmm. is what she explained to me after. <laughs> and I said, well, I'm just holding the door for everyone who's behind me because I'm being polite. polite. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? But but these these are the things that when you, you try to be of service to your gender as opposed to being of service to the person you're with, they get in the way. Oh, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And, I just took the boys to the movies the other day. All three of us went to the movies while you were gone. Mm-hmm. And I got to the movie theater door and I just stood there. And and they all looked at me for a second because we hadn't been on a date in a minute because, you know, mm-hmm. last year was crazy. But I looked around. Because I know Jackson knows. Yeah, exactly. And then he was like, oh, and he grabbed the door and then Cairo grabbed the second door because it was two doors. Mm-hmm. But that's something that we're going to continue to teach our sons. I don't yes. think it's something that, you know, is dead at this point now no, because we're still going to be continued. We're raising four men. Like we want to make sure that they know Absolutely. what chivalry is. Absolutely. You know? and, and I think it's a choice. Mm-hmm. Like, like, unless your masculinity harm someone right then your masculinity is not toxic if my masculinity to me means i'm going to be a gentleman and i'm going to be chivalrous to whichever woman if it's my wife my mom my sister my friend my my friend's friend Mm -hmm. that's the masculinity i choose as long as it's not harming someone what i'm tired of is masculinity being attacked for being toxic when you're really just trying to be a man Right. And then when you're not a man, for example, when a man goes on a date and looks and says, 
Are we splitting? We going Dutch? And then the woman <laughs> says, oh, I thought you was going to be a man. It's like, wait a minute. Uh-huh. When is my masculinity not toxic? Is right. it only when you don't want it? Or like, you know, I, that's what I'm I'm getting tired of. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm over that. Listen, I for one... I'm very comfortable and I don't know if it's something that you've empowered me to do or be or if it's something that I've always had in me, but I am very comfortable and secure in falling into my femininity mm. and letting you be the man because I don't want to be the man. Mm. I don't want to be the man. I don't want to be rigid. I want to like I have ebbs and flows. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, you want to choose. As a human and, I ch- and, and, and as a woman and I yeah. want to choose sometimes when... And if I want to employ, you know, that more I know what you mean, yeah. masculine side or feminine side, yeah. right? Where is it required and in what circumstance, in what arena? That's a that's a good question. So it becomes a thing where do I need to be more assertive in a workspace environment, for example? Mm-hmm. But then when I come home, I know like, okay, I can just fall into this femininity because my man is here to be that for me. Yo, I, I enjoy that. Like that's, that's something deep. that I crave. And when you're not around because you say maybe working or something and I have to take on the role of like, you know, mm. being the leader in the household, sometimes that's overwhelming. I'm like, shit, I don't want to do this. Come home. <laughs> so I can just go back to being me. I'm glad you said that out loud because I was having a debate with two of my male friends who are dating mm-hmm. and they're not they're not married. And they were just like, yeah, I'm, I'm tired of the whole boss bitch movement. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, what you mean? And it was like the whole boss bitch movement. Like all these bo- these bitches talking about I'm a boss, I'm a boss, I'm a boss. Like they don't listen. And I was just like, well, part of that is because you probably don't make her feel comfortable being right. vulnerable in your presence. Are if, you If she's worthy? still trying to be a boss in your presence, because, and I tell them all the time, I said, my wife has employees. I don't want to say employees, but she has people that she works with. Mm-hmm. Um, we call them teammates because we all, in this in this group that we have here, we don't, employ anybody we all partners right but she's a boss Mm -hmm. when it comes to that when she needs things to get done she gets it done when Mm -hmm. she wants things done at a certain time if it requires her to be rigid Mm -hmm. and to get a little bit loud or to assert her authority Mm -hmm. she doesn't mind doing that Mm -hmm. but she feels comfortable knowing that she doesn't have to do that at home yeah so it's like i had to explain to them like don't don't get upset when you watch a woman display her quote-unquote masculinity in the workplace and feel like, I can never deal with that. If you make her feel comfortable at home, she doesn't have to do that at home. That is a fact. And I think that's the the point that a lot of men in this situation are missing. And I don't want to, I don't want to, because these points, right. these facts are very important. But real quick, on to piggyback on that, it's like, sir, what are you doing within your life or your professional you know, mm. career standpoint. What are you doing and bringing to the table mm. that someone should value you right. as a man and see you as a man? Are you like, are you working? You know, do you have a well, decent they, job? They both work. They both work. They both okay, make over six figures. Okay, because I wasn't sure figures. which friend you were talking no, about, but they both some... work. They uh-huh. both make over six figures. Okay. They're both doing all right. Okay. But in their mind, they've, ne- well, they've never been married. Mm-hmm. So in their mind, if they see a woman who makes six figures or has a, a job of a high authority figure they're like i could never deal with that because she's gonna Mm. bring that home Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i was trying to explain to them like just because a woman is like that at the workplace doesn't mean that they're gonna be like that at home if you create an environment for them to feel comfortable being feminine absolutely and women have to be open and receptive to saying you know what i can leave that boss hat at the door because when i get home i'm not bossing around my man, right. <laughs> because I don't need to, nor do I want to. Right. I'm okay with falling back at Absolutely. home because that's the space that he's created for me. And, yes. and this, this may be, 
misogynistic. Mm-hmm. But I honestly feel like even the bosses of boss women mm-hmm. at some point want to just be taken just care be of. Just be taken care of. And yes. that don't mean that they want all their bills paid. That don't mean that they want all the... But mm-hmm. at some point, it's like if you're the boss all the time... because. I'm the boss all the time. Yes. I'm the boss. I run I run all of our companies. I handle mm-hmm. all of our finances. Even sure when I are. come home, I'm the boss. Even me as a man sometimes, it's just yeah. like, I want to put my brain down and yes. I just want to be taken care of. Right. I want my wife to say, hey, babe, do you need this? Or, hey, babe. Do... So I could imagine a woman, especially if she's had kids, mm-hmm. if she's got a lot going on, you know what I'm saying? And sometimes she just want to lay back and be like, my husband got it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that may be misogynist. I don't know in this day and age because it seems like people get offended by everything. But I honestly feel like most women at some point in the day mm-hmm. is ready for their husband or their significant other to say, to just take it. Just take the wheel. Do you think? I feel comfortable with you. <laughs> hey, take it. I, I don't Just tell me what you want me to do so I can relax my head for a minute. That is a fact. Even if they're the CEO of the largest 500, Fortune 500 company. Mm-hmm. No, I got you for sure. But let's let's get into some of these stats right right here. All right, we got some more here. So in the 1960s, close to 97% of men ages 25 to 44 were working or looking for work. Since then, there's been a steady decline. In October, the number was at 88.5%. And that's a lot. Mm -hmm. That's 9%. Yeah, for sure. In 1979, only only 13% of women earned more than the average man. Now, 40% of women earn more... Than the average man. It's close to half. 40% of U.S. households have a female breadwinner quadruple the number of the 60s. That's crazy. From mm-hmm. 13% to 40%. To 40%? Times, it's right? just like, whoa. But then also, too, that 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 um, speaks to more opportunities, right? Yes. Because initially, you talked about the help, right? Mm-hmm. Those are mostly domestic roles that when we were right. taken on, there were nannies, they were, mm-hmm. you know, cook, they were help. Um, but then there are... It was a shift of women now entering the workforce in the mm-hmm. corporate level. So that naturally was going to spark an increase for sure. According to a survey, Bumble this is important. Go ahead and read commissioned it. with YouGov, 74% of adults surveyed agree that when it comes to romantic relationships and dating, different behaviors are expected based on your gender identity and are even accepted in dating. So this is important, right? Mm-hmm. Now, they said it. A survey in Bumble. Mm-hmm. I don't know who's on Bumble. We don't know what part of the population is on Bumble. On um, Bumble, yeah. That's a dating app, right? That's a dating yeah, app. Yeah, okay. I know but it's also like a shampoo or something. What's but. crazy? Is it? Is it a shampoo? <laughs> I think Bumble and Bumble or something. I don't know. <laughs> what's crazy to me is that on these dating apps, 74% of those people, which is the vast majority of uh-huh. those people, uh-huh. believe that each person should fall in line with a gender-specific identity, mm. right? Which means men are required to do certain things and women are required to do certain things, mm-hmm. which are traditional gender norms, right? Right. So this is where we get into the conversation of are men changing or are women changing? Because we've talked a lot about women changing over time. Mm-hmm. But we have to also acknowledge that men are changing as well. Yeah. For example, there are a lot more men, right, probably not in this 74%, who are saying, yo, shorty, if you invite me out to go somewhere, mm-hmm. you're going to pay. Mm-hmm. Because you claim to Who's be a boss bitch. You claim to the be inviting. an independent woman. You yeah. invited me out. How are you going to invite me to a dinner of your choice and expect me to pay? Right. A lot more men are uh, falling in line with that belief, mainly because they're in the workforce and they're being like, wait a minute, 
Mm-hmm. She make more money than me too. Why I gotta go to? <laughs> why I gotta pay to go to Shay Shay Josephine's <laughs> with this ninety five dollar steak that Name she that wanna show. order? You Name know what I'm saying? Show. Who knows that show? Come on, y'all. Shay Josephine. Five, four. I know what it three, is. Three, two. Family, Family matters. matters. <laughs> but I, I honestly feel like as the world has changed, yeah. women aren't the only ones changing. That's a fact. Men have become a lot more. I don't want to say accepted. They have accepted more qualities that were once expected of a woman. Mm-hmm. You know what, what I'm saying? What do you saying? mean? Like uh, household stuff or domestic stuff? No. Or just qualities like to, what? I'm talking to my boys who mm-hmm. are still in the workforce, talking to my younger generation, Generation Z, uh, uh-huh. the younger millennials. Okay. And a lot more of these dudes are saying, yo, they work too. They make mad bread. Like they making money. Mm-hmm. You invite me out, you going to pay. You know what I'm saying? You, if, if you want me to go somewhere, you can pay for my Uber. If we're going to move in together, you can pay half. Mm. In the past, it was, if we move in together, I got you. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And and a lot of them are saying the reason why they're behaving that way is because a lot of them get scolded for trying to be chivalrous. A lot like I was scolded. Mm. And I think it may be a younger generational thing. It might be because I'm thinking about the women who I know who are within maybe my age range, give or take a couple of years, mm-hmm. who would probably be highly offended if mm-hmm. they were to say, hey, let's go somewhere, let's do something. And then the guy expect for them to pay. Yeah, in our generation. In our generation. Yes. You know, so it's like, how are we now speaking to the younger generations? Like, like thinking about our boys, like I'm trying mm-hmm. to think about what, and how we're going to help them navigate what it's going to look like to be on the dating scene. Like, well, I don't know what the next generation, I mean, based on what we could see so far, it's scary out there. I'm not even sure what to, to say to them when it comes to dating. Well, the world, when is, that time comes, the world has changed. And I think it's a little bit of insecurity on men. I do mm-hmm. because the world is changing. Mm-hmm. When you start to lose grip of that that power mm-hmm. right and that power and where you can make a woman do something or you can expect a woman to do something be just because she's a woman mm-hmm. right it breeds an insecurity mm-hmm. because that that typical thing that you you do and you would get a certain response is no longer there mm-hmm. you know you flash a little money to a chick and they become enamored mm-hmm. no longer works anymore mm-hmm. because chicks is getting money right that's a fact you know what i'm saying that's that a fact. that is definitely a fact but there's also two sides if you meet a man who's getting money, mm-hmm. he may be interested in you not because you're getting money. So as a woman, if you're leading with, I'm getting money, I got degrees, I don't need no nigga, that's a turnoff. Yeah. So yes, it it is a I little bit of that. insecurity from men, mm-hmm. but it is also a very masculine thing for a woman to do to lead with how much money she makes and how many degrees she has. Mm-hmm. Because what if that man was not interested in, in that at all? That's very true. You know, and if you think about the world back in the day, that's what men's go-to was. Right. I can provide this for you. But you see also, too, I think the the detriment in always equating masculinity, femininity to money is that if you put, for example, two people together in a relationship that are both, you know, of mm-hmm. breadwinner pedigree, right? Go-getters, you know, they're working hard. They're always working. They're the boss boss mm-hmm. man and boss woman, you know? Mm-hmm. But then what does that look like in their relationship? Does it become a competitive environment where it's like, okay, who's making more money? When someone wants to be able to just sit back and say, man, like, I just need a breather, you know, 
does the other person just take up or is it going to be a de- constant debate because it's like man now if i want someone to just be there to just be my man or be my woman but they're so wrapped up in work well, then it doesn't you know it, they're not going to gel in that moment or well, if you have two people who lack ambition and don't really have the breadwinner mentality then it's just like how does that even work too well here's the truth no one you don't have to pick one style and that's what i think people need to realize mm-hmm. right like it's, this isn't in, in everything. This isn't even just with men and women. This is men dating men, women dating women. Your idea of what gender roles look like and what people look like in the workforce, in relationships, and at home, that isn't real. Right. Like, there's <laughs> right. no one cookie like cutter way. It's like social media. It's not a it's real not place. It's not a real place. It's not. Yeah, it's, it's just not. not. Like, you have to find what works for you individually and the yeah. type of person you're willing... For example, you know how many men probably could never deal with you in your mouth? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, it, and, what's, what's and, wrong with my mouth? Well, I mean, there's benefits to my mouth. Absolutely, say that. they could definitely with would, pride. would love to deal with your with mouth. Pride. They would definitely love to deal <laughs> with, with your mouth. But are you nasty? <laughs> but no, what I'm saying is, is that there are certain men who are just like, I don't want a woman that talks back. I want a woman that just says yes and do what I say, and that's it. They don't want a woman that has a brain. They want to, like, there's certain men who that's, in their mind, that's what they want. They want someone that they can mm-hmm. control, right? Okay. The same way there are certain women who don't want to have to think mm-hmm. and just want to be controlled, right? Or taken care the, of, yeah. Those two people can work well together, Yes. right? There are also some men who are like, I really enjoy just being a dad and caring for people and nurturing people. Mm. And I my, my soul purpose in life mm-hmm. is not to conquer the world. My mm-hmm. sole purpose in life is to nurture the children that I bring into the world. Mm-hmm. Right? And then you meet a woman who was like, I want to conquer the world. Mm-hmm. But I don't mind having kids. So she has the kids and she gives him the kids and he nurtures and takes care of the home. Right? Other people will look at them and be like, oh, he's so emasculated. That nigga living in his purpose and so is she. You, you know, know what I'm saying? You literally made me think of a couple. Tab and Chance. True. Tab and True. Chance. Shout out to Tabitha Brown and Chance. Does Chance look emasculated to you Not at, at all? all. People have so much to say when she says she retired her husband. Bruh. And yes, you did, sis. <laughs> and congratulations to both of y'all. Because Facts. A-Y, That's a good it example. works for y'all. I didn't even think about that. It, it, literally, when you example. said that and you talked about a man work, like wanting to be a stay-at-home dad or work, and, and not that Chance and focus does. focus on his family. But he wants to focus on his family. He's probably taking care of Tab. He's um, with their son's basketball team coaching. He's doing the things that makes him feel like, man, Facts. I have purpose. But Facts. also, too, they've been together for a very long time. Yes. And when Tad was trying to, you know, make it work and trying to get into acting, driver. working as an Uber driver, he was doing a job that Providing he didn't want to do because he knew he had to. Absolutely. Right. So shout out to them for staying the course. And for people who were in the comments making noise about her retiring her Absolutely. husband. A, that's their business. That. That's their business. They focused now. Very good. <laughs> very good. Very good. Sis. But also, too. Well, A, that's people minding your business for you. And right. then and B, that works for them. Right. And then three, maybe A, B, C, three, whatever. I forget. A, but A, B, D. I, N, D, E, P. I had to practice that a couple of times. I'm like, in the car with Glorilla, it sound good until you have to say it by yourself in karaoke oh session. Gosh. But I'm just so happy that they were able to, to now she can say, you know what, hubby? You've done what you've been doing for so many years. I'm in a position where you can now do the things that you've wanted to do because I got it. For now. And so mm. much so many so much of what they do is still joint. So, you know, shout out to Tab so, and Chance. So I, I love a y'all. Question. Mm-hmm. A question. Actually, Tribble has a question. Tribble. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna ask you. All right. Do you believe that a woman's cause we're coming off of speaking about Tab and Chance <clears> and how <throat> their relationship and, and it's not even just about finances, like you can tell that they like love each other. Yes. You're like you like you can you tell. tell yeah. Like, you know when Absolutely. two people like like 
But mm-hmm. and you can also tell, like, at what point in life mm-hmm. who had to take lead. Right. Right. Do you honestly believe that a woman's strength diminishes a man's ability to lead? A woman's strength diminishes a man's ability. No. For example, when I said there's certain men who wouldn't be able to deal with your mouth, the fact Mm -hmm. that you got your master's degree, the fact that you have ambition, the fact that you have your own ideas and thoughts about the way you want to do things, do you think that that diminishes a man's ability I really, to I really think it's a case-by-case basis because, like I said, when it comes to you and I, which is really all mm-hmm. I can speak on, I've never in any moment felt like DeVal was just here sitting on his ass waiting for me to do everything mm-hmm. and that he was trying to take advantage of me or this situation just because he did not want to. There mm-hmm. was always a drive. There was always ambition. There was always that work. There was always that grit that you had to want to do more. So question. So me feel, being strong. Hold on, before mm-hmm. you finish. You said I had the ambition. Do you think ambition is a masculine trait or is just a, it's just a trait that can be accepted by anyone? Because you said you believed in me because mm-hmm. as a man, mm-hmm. I was ambitious. Right. So that spoke to my manhood. Do you, yeah. do you feel that or do you just feel like ambition can just be gender fluid? Um, no, I think just, ambition can be gender fluid, but particularly in a man-woman relationship, right? Because we think also about same-sex yes. couples, right? So right. who may be taking the lead in that moment? Mm-hmm. I think it's just an attractive thing for a person or a human being to have some sort of drive, some sort of ambition, some sort of purpose mm-hmm. when it comes to life. Because when you then apply that to something, it becomes potentially a moneymaker, right? right. So in that moment, you can right. be like, all right, baby, if this is something that you really want to do, I may be strong as a woman, but I'm okay with you taking the lead in this moment. I'm okay with that. So, no, I don't think a woman's strength should diminish a man's ability to lead. But I also feel like a woman should empower or a partner should empower the other to say, you know what? I know that you got this and I'm going to help support you when you get there. I'm going to keep this going because I want to hear your perspective. Mm -hmm. Do you think men have a responsibility to change? Their perspective as the world tilts more toward flexible gender norms. I so think, yeah. specifically, specifically men. Specifically men. Do men have the responsibility to change as opposed to women changing their ideas about? Do you think men have more of a responsibility? Um, I do think so. I feel like as time progresses, as things change, as the requirements mm-hmm. change within a household dynamic. Now, you may just have a couple who's married. You may have a couple who have children, who have multiple children, who have mm-hmm. other, you know, um, strains in their their day to day life. I think it definitely requires a man to say, you know what? I may have to, this is not something traditionally that I may have had to do or I thought I'd have to do, mm-hmm. but it's required of me in this moment, in this time for the betterment of everyone or the betterment of my spouse or mm-hmm. my partner. So I'm going to go ahead and make this change. I think flexibility is necessary for a man. And I mean the perspective for a man. The what? I, for example, we exist in a patriarchy, right? Men mm-hmm. have had the control for... Mm-hmm. Thousands of years. Right. So, of course, yeah. men are going to have to change their perspective as gender norms change. Absolutely. Here's my issue with that. Okay. I don't mind changing. Mm-hmm. But what bothers me is only changing when it's convenient for you. Mm. When does when does that become problematic? Mm. When, when a man is trying to change. Right. So, you say, I want to be treated as an equal. So, he's trying to treat you as an equal. But, then you, but, but not that part. <laughs> like, no, you're still going to pay for everything. You're right. still going to pay for the mortgage. So, it's the picking and choosing that you don't like. Yes. So, so... Here's another question. How are women navigating the fact that they want men to change while still saying a man needs to be a man? Mm. How can women navigate that as well? Because yeah. we're constantly talking about how, we, I mean, we are putting the fault on women a lot. When we say, you know, the reason why relationships ain't working is because women is being too masculine. Like we say that all the time. Mm-hmm. Now we're saying men have the responsibility to change. Mm-hmm. 
So I'm agreeing with you. Because we exist in a patriarchy, in order for ideas to change and social norms to change, men are going to have to be the ones to say, you know what, guys, this is fucked up well, the way we thought all these years. Yeah. Let's change. But how are we going to navigate as a team of men right. and women to say, hey, ladies, we do want the women to change, but we can't just be flaky when we want yeah. the patriarchy to exist in our favor. If men are going to be receptive to changing, then women too also, like you said, can't be wishy-washy about the change. Okay. That's fair. It's fair I, to say I that. I believe that that's fair. I think I because that you cannot fair. pick and choose in that moment. However, too, then it's also being very generalized, right? So it depends on the person yeah, that you're dating and all that. Yeah, all generalizations. Anytime you speak in generalizations, so, yeah, you enforce it can't be huge all mistake. women. It can't right. be all women. It's all not women, all men. all men. Like at this point, people who listen to the podcast understand that. Yeah. We never speak in generalizations, but right. when you say men and women, we are right. talking about men and women. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And we're speaking from our, our experience of what we've seen yes. and what we've been privy to, but... No, you can't pick and choose when it's going to be to your benefit or your detriment per se, right? Mm -hmm. But you know what alleviates that most of the time is having conversation with the person that you're in the relationship with and not necessarily listening to the social media loud minority about what can or cannot be accepted within a relationship. Right. Number one mistake. And if you're new to the podcast, also know that too. You cannot, like we, like we, we're on social media yes. and, and this is how y'all contact us and see us and have yes. access to us. However, yes. it don't really be a real place. The real social place is, is, is real. here in this space between yes. he and I. So between you and your partner, whatever that looks like for y'all, it got to make sense. The dating space is a whole nother beast, child. I, like I said, I, I, I'm happy I'm not in that space because <laughs> baby. <laughs> well, listen, Ooh. I... I think we should take a break now because we still have listener letters. But I do okay. appreciate hearing your perspective because I feel like a lot of the onus has been put on women mm -hmm. for, they say, the dismantling of the family unit. Right. Because women have been crying for uh, freedom, mm -hmm. for acceptance, for inclusivity. So they're we saying still all, are. all the things that you're crying for is the reason why family is changing. Mm -hmm. And I do believe that men have to hold the responsibility to help in that change. Mm -hmm. The same way we constantly ask white people to help in the change of racism, we have to help uh, change the uh, sexism and the way the patriarchy has uh, oppressed women mm -hmm. for, for a time. But we also have to say women have a responsibility to not be flaky when it comes to what changes you want. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Right. Especially in the dating space because a lot of young men and young women I speak to, I get confused listening to them. Because they don't know what they want. Right. It depends on the day. Right. And and that's the main on the point. Day. And we'll get to this to the moment of truth though. The main mm -hmm. point is when you figure out what's good for you, all the other shit you done learned in your life don't even matter. I'll learn that shit for <laughs> real. Keep what you want to keep. So look, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we're going to get into these listener letters and we'll come back after some ads. Sounds good. All right, ladies, let's be real. Who here actually enjoys shaving their legs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought so. And get this. Near, yes, near, the OG that I used for years has now leveled up. And they have these new sensational shower creams and body creams that smell amazing. My personal favorite, coconut oil and vitamin E because it's gentle on my skin. And down to the body cream, rich cocoa butter and vitamin E body cream, which is a modern take on indulgent and classic femininity. Okay? It works in as little as three minutes, no nicks, no cuts, and the smooth skin lasts days longer than shaving. Nair's new sensational shower and body creams are free of all those nasty chemicals so you can feel good about what you're putting on your skin. Have a me-time moment with Nair, the number one hair removal brand. 
Smell for yourself. Try the reformulated near body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. There's power in every purchase because every time we buy a black lead brand, we make room for another black lead brand. And y'all know I love my lip bar products. That's just one to name a few. There is a whole collection of black lead products that fit into your daily routine. Show black founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. That's right, y'all. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. That's right. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing black owned products you can add to your daily routine. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, How'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi. I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So guys, we're back for the first listener letters of 2023. Yay, let's dive in. And I'm no longer going to say this is Kay's favorite topic. Want to know why? Because it's your favorite. Yep. <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> and because it's mine and because I'm believing in the advancement of men and women, All I'm right. going to go first. Well, go ahead then. <laughs> gentlemen <Shit>. first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that. I support you, gentlemen. You support me? Yes. You support me? I, I go love ahead you, and baby. be gentle. Hey, you guys. I watched your Breakfast Club interview where you talked about your decision to vow to have a vasectomy. Damn. I didn't talk about that on the Breakfast Club, did I? No, I, I didn't. So. Did hmm. we did we mention that it was a possibility? I don't know. We did mention it was a possibility. Okay. Well, it happened. Yes, it did. <laughs> Four years ago, my husband told me that he would get one because, like Kadeem, my body reacts horribly to birth control. The morning of my scheduled C-section, he decided to change his mind. As a result, I went forward with getting my fallopian tubes removed. Wow. Since having that surgery, my body has been through so many negative impacts. I find myself hating my husband for not caring or considering enough about me to keep his word. The surgery has pushed me into premenopause at 37, which affects my libido and body just as much as the birth control. Oh, wow. When I don't want to have sex, he becomes frustrated. I have expressed my feelings to him about that. 
or about what, why, how, etc. But I feel he has chosen not to accept accountability. That's what it sounds like to me. Mm-hmm. His response is always, you didn't have to. Bruh. Well, I, I, okay, we're going to get to that in a minute. Where my response is, so what happens when I become pregnant again? My body can't handle another high-risk pregnancy, which is what Kadeen and I went through. Mm-hmm. To which he responds, he could, we could have crossed that bridge when we reached it. Uh, I feel very disregarded, and I know I still hold this grudge. If he would even offer a sincere apology for letting me down, it would help me heal. But he still doesn't see his wrong. Married 12 years together, 15. Damn, bruh. This is the only question I have. Mm-hmm. Did she decide to have her fallopian tube tied without him knowing? Like going to get her scheduled oh, C-section and say, hey, right. doc, while you're in there, just take this out. If she did go and do that without discussing it with him, mm-hmm. that's not really on him. Mm-hmm. But if she said, while I'm in there, I'm going to go do it. And he said, go ahead and do it because I'm not getting the vasectomy. That's fucked up. Yeah. I seriously think that's fucked up. And I'm going to tell you why that's fucked up. Right? I watched Kadeem for the past 20 years. First, start with birth control. Um, several different kinds. Several different <laughs> kinds. And we're going to discuss on another episode why Kadeem had to get on birth control. It's actually in the book on We Over Me. Mm-hmm. But um, I watched her deal with birth control for 20 years. I watched her go through four pregnancies. Full term, I watched her deal with uh, lacerated cervix, mm-hmm. almost had to get a blood transfusion, had to mm-hmm. get emergency surgery. Two home births, mm-hmm. one fast, rapid, quick <laughs> run to the hospital birth, <laughs> and finally postpartum preeclampsia. Right. I watched these things. I also watched her have issues with the copper in the latest birth control that we tried. Right. That Paragard um, IUD. And here is a, a fun fact that a lot of people don't know. Kadeen and I were actually going to try for a fifth child. We were going to try for a fifth and hopefully the girl. Mm-hmm. But the doctor said that would be an extremely high risk because of the postpartum preeclampsia. And more than likely, she would have full preeclampsia while pregnant, which will put her at an extremely high risk. And we decided together that that was not going to happen. Yes. After the copper had started giving her issues because of birth control, I said, enough is enough. Mm-hmm. I'm getting a vasectomy. Yep. I feel like it's extremely selfish for a man. And this is just my personal beliefs. Mm-hmm. Extremely selfish for a man to ask a woman to be on birth control for 15, 20 years, mm-hmm. have children, go through near-death experiences, and then when it's time for you to get a 10-minute procedure, mm-hmm. say, nah, I'm not doing it. That's a fact. That, to me, just seems wild selfish. Took the words right out of my you, mouth. You could say to me that I'm, I'm hating, I'm not holding up for the men. I just think that's wild fucking corny, bro. Because there are women out here who have lost their lives. There are men mm-hmm. out here who have lost their wives. And they all say, if I could have done that again so my wife could be here, I would have done it. That's what I was thinking about when I got the vasectomy. That's a fact. And I think it's wild corny. That's um, a fact. I'm not trying to judge your husband, but I think he's wild corny for that. And I think that y'all two need to have an open, honest discussion. Don't hold a grudge. Tell them exactly how you feel mm-hmm. and how much an apology would mean to you. Right. And that's the only way you're going to move forward because I do honestly feel like y'all can move forward from this. Yeah, and it's funny. I learned something new here. I didn't even realize that having the fallopian tubes removed, I know like if you have a full-on mm-hmm. hysterectomy, like you get rid of like the actual uterus, that it can push you into premenopause and things like that. But I didn't even know that just removing the fallopian tubes alone would cause now some more yeah, hormonal, hormonal changes or horm- hormonal imbalances. Mm-hmm. So I really do hope that you guys can have a really open, honest conversation and that he can um, just open up to the idea of where he may have dropped the ball in this and and have some sort of accountability. There's no may. There's no may. Yeah, he, he did. dropped the ball. He did, sis. Because yes, here's the thing, right. though. You're right. How you say, 
I'm gonna get a vasectomy. Mm-hmm. Nah, I'm not getting a vasectomy. Right. She takes out her fallopian tubes, right? Because you don't want to get a vasectomy. Right. Now her libido is off. Right. She's not in the mood. And now you're you frustrated with her yep. because of something you could have controlled. That Gentlemen, I'm fact. telling you right now, I had a vasectomy Tell in October. how much better it's been, right? bruh. We've been having sex nonstop. <laughs> and Kadeen hasn't been on the crazy birth control. Mm-mm. So her libido has been up. That's a fact. And it's been, and yo, when I tell you nothing has changed, my nut ain't watery. <laughs> that was the Val's biggest concern. That was my biggest concern. He was like, is the consistency going to be the same? Exactly. Because <laughs> I didn't want you to be grossed out with a change of consistency. <laughs> but the consistency is the same. The consistency my is the same. My erections have been on a thousand percent. Listen, y'all. And here's, here's the, the best part. Kadeen has been in so much of service. To me, because I've done this for her. She says, you did this for me. Yes. I say, I did this for us. I had to step my game up. She has been in the gym every single day and is probably in the best shape she's been in since we got married. It's amazing what just your body in its natural state with no additives, no hormonal altering, no birth control. Like my body in its natural state with none of those impositions is really making me feel like I have a new lease on life. No, time out. It just dawned that on me. That freedom. It just dawned on me. That my body has. Your your body has gotten back to where it was when, before we got married. Mm-hmm. But you've gotten almost as small as you were mm-hmm. when we first met. That could in part be because of the hormones and Absolutely. birth control. It never dawned on me until Absolutely. like the like last couple now. weeks. I'm like, yo, you're losing weight. Now I stop. But I'm like, this is the first time in your life since 2003 where you haven't been pregnant or on birth control. Or postpartum or, or prenatal or any of the things. Which is amazing. Because our doctor, my doctor did tell me, my midwife told me that, listen, for your hormones to just go back to baseline after having a baby takes 9 to 12 months. Right. So even trying to get back after a child yeah. and putting that pressure on the snapback within that first year is almost impossible. Because depending on the woman, it's going to take some time. Yeah, it takes time. But then it also takes work. Because then you can't just rely on that being the excuse. Yeah. However, for me, I felt like now that I've rid my body of the IUD. IUD. I am now the taking the, the medications are no longer a thing. Mm. Blood pressure is not an issue for yeah. me anymore because I'm very conscious about what I'm putting in my body. I'm taking my supplements. Y'all will see if you follow me on Instagram, my stories, there's certain things that I swear yeah. by, my my yeah. prebiotic, probiotic, yeah. you know, all of my different drinks and things that I do, my fasting. I do certain things now because I feel like I had this new control over my body because this is Kadeen in what her natural state. This is what she's supposed to be without a baby, without being pregnant. Anything. I get my cycle, it comes and goes, and I can be of better service to develop because my oh, body be is service, naturally. <laughs> oh, she be your service. My body <laughs> I be is just, service, you know. That. Listen, <laughs> my body's just naturally become what it's supposed to be for him, and it, it's been great. Yo, it literally just dawned on me sitting here mm-hmm. why all, all this stuff has yeah. changed. Yeah. Why even y- your mood to work out. Getting Kadeen to work out consistently has always been a struggle. It's a struggle right? for me, y'all. Now for sure. I'll be away and she'll send me videos, just finish my workout. She'll take off her, yeah. her uh waistband that yep. she puts on and just showing me her. And I'm just like, yo, this is the woman that I first met when we were 19. But yeah. I'm realizing now, 19, you weren't on birth control. Listen, mood. Like mood energy. Oh, it's crazy, guys. Yeah. If you've already yeah. had children, you done having children, getting a vasectomy was probably the best thing yeah. for me. Yep. I'm also... It didn't alter you either. No, as it, didn't, I, it didn't alter me at all. It, you don't have... You just as... No you issues. You just as, uh, you know, 
want to get it on as oh yeah <laughs> you've my, always been that was it didn't concerns. change your libido at my all my libido my concern was my libido and my testosterone mm-hmm. and yeah. that hasn't happened because of everything she's been i'm getting back to the best shape of we're my doing life. it together y'all our sex life has been better and it's just it's, it's also just because we've been focused on each other yeah like it's more, and, and not the fear of getting pregnant. That too. The fear, yo, real talk, the <laughs> fear of getting pregnant changes your, changes your love life. It does. it does. It does. All right. I hope y'all can figure it out, sis. But yeah, he needs to, to come up off that apology for real. All right. Uh, second one. So throughout my relationship with my wife, even when we were boyfriend and girlfriend, I've always had a problem with how she handles men that want to shoot their shot with her. I understand mm-hmm. that I cannot control what a man says to my wife. She's gorgeous. 5'1", 140 pounds with a fat ass. Two <laughs> exclamation points. All right. My problem is that when men make passes at her, she doesn't say, hey, I'm married. Stop talking to me like that. I've expressed that I feel disrespected when a man says sexual things to my wife and she doesn't correct it. She says she ignores it. Am I wrong that I want her to just stop? I told her that if they send you hard eyes, that's cool. Can't stop that. But when they say things that are inappropriate, then she should step in and say, hey, stop. I'm married, etc. If you if they continue to do it, then I advise her to block them. She says I'm controlling her. I just want to know, am I wrong? Well, this seems like it's happening through either like a DM comments. This is like a social media thing here, because I know, for example, with me, if a man tries to make a pass at me or shoot their shot, it's one of those things where I know, for example, if DeVal was in that moment there with me or if he was overseeing it, DeVal would probably be like, well, I would expect this man to want to shoot his shot because he may not know in that moment that she's married. I may or may not have my ring on because I just came from the gym or I might be by myself somewhere. So it's like, you know, enough to know that. If you were a man that wasn't married to me, you might want to shoot your shot. And that's not me being at all vain or feeling like. No, you got fat ass too. (laughs) But I'm just saying, and I I, I expect the the same with you. Like if if you're out in public, you don't got a fat ass. (laughs) No, I get it. I get it. Men, don't shoot your shot at me. I don't got a fat ass. But if a woman came up to you and approached you and was just like, hey, like even to someone who doesn't even know you as like Zach on Sisters, it could just be a a woman that just comes across you and says, man, that's a good looking man. Let me shoot my shot. I can't be mad at her. I do feel like you do control the situation, though. So for me, when a man approaches me and shoots his shot, I'll usually make a funny comment like um, I forgot what it was. I remember. I know them. Your favorite, your go to. (laughs) Your go-to, mm-hmm. whenever a man says, you know, can we spend some time together? You always say, sure, I'll just go get my husband and my four sons. My four, exactly. That is your go-to. And usually they'll they'll be like, what? Like you have, first of all, they'll be like, you got four kids yeah. and you have four boys? Damn, that's dope. He's a lucky guy. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I'm the lucky one, you know? And it'll yeah. be that kind of casual conversation. I don't think it requires me to be mean or to be nasty yes. because I've also heard of instances where yeah. women get an adverse reaction from See, a man and they are borderline disrespectful if you try to you know, um, reject them. Growing up in New York, I've seen it plenty of times. If if it were me and I'm not around, if it's an in-person thing, I would tell my wife to ignore them mm-hmm. or kindly accept the compliment yes. and keep it moving. Right. Because even ignoring a certain type of man can mm-hmm. lead them to be enraged and try For to do sure. physical harm or do something. Absolutely. I would never want my wife to engage in that type of back and forth with a man. So for me, I always tell... like I, First of all, I don't get insecure about that. Mm-hmm. If If you truly have a hold on your wife that she is your wife and Mm -hmm. y'all love each other Mm -hmm. infinitely and of a service to each other Mm -hmm. there's nothing a man can say that's gonna get your wife to not be your wife right so let him say whatever he wanna say like son can say whatever he wanna say if you touch my wife you dying but I think his issue here is more so her not then saying once they send that that's what I'm getting to okay 
the reason why I don't want you to go, you know, hey, I'm married, is mm-hmm. because you don't know what's going to trigger the... Because men out here are nuts, bro. Mm-hmm. People are nuts. People are nuts, yes. There was a woman in the airport the other day who walked out on her bill, and they addressed her and said, hey, you didn't pay your bill. And she got the fire hose and started shooting the fire hose at everybody, remember? Advising, <laughs> yeah. Because you don't know what's going to set somebody off. Yeah, that's Right, true. we just got out of a pandemic. Mental health is real. Mm-hmm. I'd rather you be kind to everyone you come across and... and Leave mm-hmm. them leave them with a little bit more happiness than they right. had just being in your presence. It's also... Sorry, baby, go ahead. No, but but having to say, you know, I'm married, like that to me is like shows a little bit of insecurity. Yeah. Because you don't got to do that. Like, But also too, if, if, for example, the man replies with the heart eyes or whatever and then makes another comment or makes another, you know, um, advance at her... With something like social media, you can just leave them on scene. Like, That's what I'm saying. It doesn't require a back and forth. Ignore. She may just like to feel like, I well, agree. shit, okay, you know, I still got it. You know, she might like the attention in a sense. Well, he didn't say that she responds with anything. Right. She says, he he says she doesn't shut she it doesn't down shut like I'm married, stop. Bat. Right, yeah. That to me is like, nah, bro, yeah. she don't got to. If she's right. not responding, if she's not saying like, thank you so much, I believe right. that you're... If she's not having an ongoing back no. and forth with these people, then it's like, all right, bro, like... Insecure right. much? Maybe like, you yeah, might like, be a little bit. She's ignoring it. Mm-hmm. They sent her eyes. She didn't say nothing. Mm-hmm. She they said something. Oh, I would like to do so and so. She didn't say nothing. Let them think right. that. Like it's the computer. That person can be in Istanbul. You worried about a dude <laughs> leaving comments on your your girl's page on East in Istanbul? No, get out of here. Go be a creep and go jack off to somebody else. But I'm not gonna ask my wife to engage those people. That's a fact. That's too much energy towards people that don't matter. Y'all should see what our DMs look like. Yeah, they kind of crazy. It should be kind of crazy sometimes. Crazy. Some yeah. of these emails too. Every now and again, when I look through, I'll be like, whoa, you know, it's, <laughs> bruh. And people know we married. So, yeah. It should be crazy. And they don't care. And they sure as And sometimes don't people care. just be trying. That's true. Yeah, they should be shot. I, and I, I get it. Some married couples are into that. So, that's a fact. You don't know which married couple is not. That might so, just sometimes bite on you it. shoot your shot. Yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? And if you, you might get ignored, just get lucky. Yeah, you back up. And mm-hmm. if they respond, like, hey, what's up? Then right. you find something. So, you that, can't be mad was, at people. That was for not an invitation for y'all to email. Tribble, Tribble, make sure you look through these emails and make sure nobody's making no advances. We are not. And save y'all pictures, please, of genitalia. We Child. are not in that that type of uh, environment. No. I do not want to share my wife. More power if y'all want to. My wife does not want to share me. She a killer. <laughs> right, Literally. So. I watch too many Dateline Secrets Uncover episodes. Listen, I'll tell you all the ins and outs. <laughs> <laughs> all right, y'all. If you want to be featured as one of our listener letters, be sure to email us at deadassadvice at gmail.com. We want to hear from y'all. It's a new year. Thanks for coming back. And keep the questions coming in. Keep the stories coming in. Yes, email us at D-E-A-D. A-D-V-I-C-E at gmail.com. All right now, time for a moment of truth. Wait, Today, did I say the ass? I didn't spell ass. Did you not say ass? D-E-A-D-A-S-S-A-D-V-I-C-E at gmail.com. What did you spell? I dead spelled advice? dead advice. <laughs> My bad, y'all. Dead ass. Listen, no, advice. no, no, baby. The advice is never more alive, okay? <laughs> I'm out of hibernation, y'all. I told y'all I was out of commission for a little bit. A bitch was tired, but we back. Yes. All right, y'all. Moment of truth time. We're talking about is he too masculine? No, is, is she, she too, too masculine? Sorry, is she too masculine or is he insecure? Baby, what you want to leave him with for that moment of truth it's, today? It's very, very simple, right? Because we exist in a patriarchy and have existed in a patriarchy, I do agree and feel that men have to carry the ball on this one, pause, mm-hmm. and say, you know what? The world is changing. Mm-hmm. And everything that is designed to be quote-unquote masculine, for example... We talked about wealth building, mm-hmm. um, generating revenue, mm-hmm. ambition, 
that's extremely rigid. Mm -hmm. And the fact that a woman may have those same type of ambitions doesn't make her more masculine, mm -hmm. which doesn't mean you're less of a man. Mm -hmm. We have to open our minds to realize that there are women out here who can earn just as much or maybe more than you, mm -hmm. but still exist in her femininity in your presence. Mm -hmm. If you leave your insecure mindset at home and continuously be masculine in her presence. We'll take all that was off the top, baby. We'll, we'll that, take all oh, it's New Year, 2023. I'm hot right now. Take, I'm hot. Take all the moments of truth. Did I have several moments <laughs> of truth? Um, but I will say, as my moment of truth, I think there ultimately needs to be, regardless of if it's a man, if it's a woman, if it's a same-sex relationship, whatever it is, the mutual respect that a couple has for each other should really be the overarching topic when it comes to just that idea of who's going to take the lead in the relationship, whether it's mm. the masculine role, the feminine role. I think it's important that you never let your husband or your, your partner feel beat down in a moment where life might be lifing and they're having a moment of just depression or just, or just a low, like the ebbs and flows of life yeah. should require you to give that person some grace to say, yeah. you know what, in this moment, yeah. I'm in a space I mean, to be able to take care of this because it's for the betterment of the greater good of the relationship. So yeah. whoever needs to be quote unquote man or woman in the relationship or masculine or feminine in that relationship, be receptive to leaning into what is needed yeah. of you so you're then now using one of your strengths rather than focusing on the other's weakness. Yeah, absolutely. I I agree with you a thousand percent. And I love I, that. I, I want to add this. Mm -hmm. There's nothing more masculine than watching your wife go out and earn seven figures and come home and say, yes, daddy. Yes, daddy. <laughs> it's with a Z. I like the one with a Z. I'm going to take that from y'all Gen Zers. Z for Zach. Ooh, yes, baby, I got Zach. We're coming up on our second anniversary here um, at this house. Yes. And um, definitely got the Zach attack, baby. We got mm. Coda to prove it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Be sure to follow us on social media if you are not already. Dead Ass the Podcast. You can find me, Kadeen I Am. And we're also on Patreon, so don't forget to sign up there. That's right. And I am Devout. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Also, on our Patreon page, you can get full Deadass episodes. That is a fact, right baby. Now. I know y'all been asking for it. Y'all want to see video. Y'all want to see expressions. And we're going to give it to y'all. That's a fact. So go ahead and sign up now, and we'll see y'all soon. Deadass. <laughs> Deadass is a production of iHeartMedia Podcast Network and is produced by Denora Pena and Tribble. Follow the podcast on social media at Deadass the Podcast and never miss a thing. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you. And how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are, and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. It's time to celebrate Black History Month at the Walmart Black and Unlimited Clock. One at Flatiron Plaza in New York City, and one at Ovation Hollywood in Los Angeles from 8 a.m., to 8 p.m. With giveaways dropping every hour on the hour, it's a perfect time to try, like, and share black-led products. It's free for everyone, and it's your chance to see how you can level up your daily routine with black-led products that are creating a new world of choices at Walmart. Trust, you don't want to miss it.